I am unashamed. What about you? So we've uh, we've sent Jace out again for now. Not only is he supposed to find stories to talk about, but he has to find news items so we can have more Jace's news items. I thought that was that was pretty good. That was pretty fun. Uh, him and Yuppie the Bill. So he's uh, he's on assignment, but he'll be back for the next podcast. So we uh, we had to bring in one of our heavy hitters. Without Jace here, we had to go to a master storyteller, uh, and I could think of no one better than my dear old Uncle Gordon, my favorite uncle, Uncle Gordon, Gordon Dasher, Zach's dad. The So all of you Zach haters out there on the podcast, this is the man to blame for whatever you don't like about Zach, because he sired him. Uh, Gordo, what do you have to say about Zach? Welcome to the podcast, by the way. Thank you. What do you Zach have to say about Zach? My Zach, <laughs> I'm at a loss. He's he's my favorite middle middle child. <laughs> I have no other middle child that I love as much as I do him. Uh, we get Zach. I'm real proud of Zach. Time. He's Zach's pretty awesome, and he and I are business partners, and. Um, but, you know, I was, Gordon, so I was especially close uh, to Jam uh, before I met you. And then even once you guys were married, uh, even though I, in my prodigal wanderings, I kind of, um, what would you say, how would you say it? I kind of offended you guys with my lifestyle, which I've since apologized for. I, uh, my friend threw up you, on you violated our <laughs> You violated our apartment. We were drunk one night. The night we got our tattoos, actually, uh, when I was 16. And Bubba threw up on their living room floor. We had slept on their couch. And walked away. And we walked away. Yeah, we didn't even chicken clean it up. Chicken pot pie. Chicken pot pie, which is – it's chicken pot pie is a tough one, you know, on a good day. But on, on a redo, it's it's not that good. So that was that was a tough one. But – uh. But Gordon has since forgiven us, forgiven me. I, I, I don't know if you ever forgave uh, Bubba or not, but you forgave me, which I appreciate. I did. Those those were hard times. So uh, Gordon and Jan have lived here. Um, y'all lived here two or three different times, right over the course of um, right uh, of of y'all's marriage. Of course, Saint Jan passed away. It's been two years ago now. Um, yep. Sadly. But, um, you know, she had a big influence. We've talked about for dad on your life. She was your yep. baby sister. But I don't know. I guess out of all the Robertsons, I'd say she seemed to have the purest heart of them all, just always. I mean, just the way yep. she was. I mean, yep. how would you describe uh, Jan growing up and, and beyond? Faithful, godly woman. And was always was always she never veered to the right or left, right down the center, right, right. down the middle. Yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> where did y'all meet, Gordon? Where where did you meet, Jan? We um, I came to West Monroe to go to the School of Biblical Studies, and uh, we met out at Camp Gioka. They had a a uh, mixer for the new students, and my version is I was standing there. On the gym floor, being, I was surrounded by any number of young females, <laughs> and she. It's amazing um, how our our she, memories, you know, how, how they've grown. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> and she burst. 
she burst into the middle of the group that surrounded me and latched onto me and said, he's mine. You, and I guess she was just so <laughs> vicious looking. They all left. Uh, I've never heard that particular version of the story. And we can't even have Jan Defender say, we'll have to find out in heaven what she says about that. The attack in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Put it all together. Well, we used to laugh because when Jan, Jan was in college at Tech at the time, I guess when you met her, she was a college student. Was she still in college at this time when you were in school of preaching? No, no she, she was, was already out. That was, uh, she just graduated she was, right. and was teaching at OCS. At OCS, okay. So she had this, uh, this mourner's bench is what I always called it, of these guys <laughs> that uh, she knew in college. They were all in love with her. And some of them are still around. It's, it's kind of funny now. It's a joke. But uh, at the at the wedding, uh, several of them were sitting together, or so I heard. I don't know. This may be one of those nuanced stories. But they were calling it the mourner's bench because it was all the ones who had loved Jam. But she had spurned their love for Gordo from Florida. Florida, he swept in from the great state of Florida and, and scooped up scooped up Jam. They were, yeah, that's exactly what happened. They were weeping. <laughs> and I, I just think they realized... Um, you know, boys from North Louisiana couldn't compete with the Florida boys, so uh, <laughs> they were in. They were definitely in mourning. Well, I tell you what, through the years we've always, you know, had our battles because obviously Gordon and all his family, and, and he converted Jan too, to being Gator fans. And for a while, I was, you know, bitter <laughs> about it, but I got over it. And but what what I will say is that the state of Florida, under the leadership of one Ron DeSantis has now become the beacon of the now free world. I mean, like, everybody talks about Florida as being like, with all this lockdown and, and all this corona stuff, that's where you want to be. And and DeSantis, oh, yeah. I mean, like, I remember when he was just a congressman, and he was pretty good. I mean, he did a lot of hits, but, I mean, he's, like, turned into Superman now that he's taking over Florida. What's, yeah. did you Do you know him? Have you ever met him? Because I know you used to be in politics. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever met him. I think he came on the scene after I left Florida. But I will tell you this. I would move back to Florida just so he could be my governor. I'm thinking about it. And what's bad is you, you, you wound up in a purple state uh, in North Carolina, which could go either way, right, on at any given election. Right. Because you're kind of right there in the hotbed of, of some left-wingers where you and Zach are. Yeah, and, and when I first – the first time I voted here, I walked in and handed them my, my ID, and they said, what are you doing? And I said, I want to vote. They said, well, you don't need an ID, ID to vote. And I said, well, how do you know that I'm who I say I am? They said, well, it's just the law. We're, you know, and I thought to myself, I mean, th there's a reason this state's purple. I think that might have a lot to do with it. <laughs> I'm not well, buying that's into your... any conspiracy theories, but I, I'm just saying when you don't have to show an ID to vote, anybody could go in and say my name is Gordon Dasher and cast a vote in my name. And I would, until I went down to vote and I'd already voted, I'd never know. So how do you know? It's, well, it's, look, uh, how, <clears throat> you're right, Gordon. How easy would it be? Say you did move. Say you did move back to Florida. And so you're still on a roll there in North Carolina. And so – you know, somebody sends now they're mailing the stuff to people's homes, the ballots and stuff. So it comes to their house. He's not Gordon Dasher, but this is an active ballot that he can vote in your name. And so he could That's just right. he could do it. I mean, and what I'm saying is we're expecting people to not be fraudulent when we know that people are going to be fraudulent. And and the whole line of the, on the left side 
is we they keep saying we want to empower people to vote, but they're want it's more than just that. They want to give people the opportunity to vote as multiple times. It's so obvious. And I'm like you, Gore. I mean, I'm like, look, you got to win elections. You got to. There's always going to be some bit of fraud in any of it. But at the same time, let's let's at least do where I mean, you got to have an ID when you go to the airport. You got to have an ID when you buy a beer. You know, you got to have an ID for a lot of stuff. So voting wouldn't count for that. Depraved minds. Yeah. Depraved. Right. I'm not a baseball fan, but I've watched every single game of the World Series. I'm going to watch it until Atlanta wins, only because I think it's ironic. They they moved the All-Star game to where Colorado. Yep. Is that right? Yep. And then uh, – and now they're in the World Series, so they're actually what they have three games at home. Yep. So they wound up making way more money. <laughs> they pulled they pulled the game because of a very sensible voting law. Yeah. Show your ID. Here are the hours of voting. They expanded opportunities for people to vote, and the left the left just vilified the whole process and called it fraudulent and it was discriminatory and what do they call it? Voter suppression yeah. law. Yeah. Georgia's voter suppression law. So. I'm pretty excited about the World Series. I don't even like baseball. You know, I had never. I forgot. I I guess I forgot about that because I I was a Dodger fan. So obviously, I just been kind of looking at it through that prism. But you're right. I should be pulling for Atlanta for the same reason. What's ironic is they went to Colorado. Of course, I guess nobody checked when they moved the game. But Colorado's yeah. voting laws were more stringent than Georgia's new law. Yeah. But somebody forgot to look that up, which shows you the whole thing was just a symbolic nothing burger is what that was. It was a hoax. It was a hoax. Yeah. Like so many other things, like the Charlottesville thing they just had. You know, it's just it's one hoax right after the other, which is crazy. So I want to talk uh, uh, today some about, since we've got Gordo on, um, about uh, our book, because we are officially announcing today. We've been talking about uncanceled uh, off and on. But today we're officially announcing uh, when it's going to be released, which is February the 8th, 2022. Uh, the book is called Uncanceled, Finding Meaning and Peace in a Culture of Accusations, Shame, and Condemnation, which, you know, in, in a nutshell, the idea is that of cancel culture, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But this book deals not just with that, but so much more. Um, right now, if you go and pre-order, so we're encouraging you guys to Unashamed Nation. What happens is when you pre-order books, it helps us to be able to make it on lists that then gets us publicity to talk about the book more. So it's very important that we do that. So we want to encourage you guys to, to pre-order. It be a great gift for Christmas if you pre-order. It's not be out to February, uh, but it's helpful for us for a lot of different reasons. And so right now from November 8th through 12th, uh, which today's the eighth. So he, this week, uh, you can get five dollars off uh, Theft of America Soul audiobook at Apple, Google, and Kobo, K O B O, uh, if you order the book. And for the entire month of November, Kindle users can get the ebook of Theft of America Soul for just two ninety nine. So there'll be a link there where you can see how to get there. So they're offering you a couple little discounts on some of our other materials. Uh, if you pre-order uh, Uncancel. So, uh, Gordo, you were our collaborator um, on this book. I found a, I've been calling you the ghostwriter, but Bob DeMoss has corrected me that if you're a ghostwriter, nobody knows who you are. But since we know who you are, you're a collaborator. So Collaborator. Yeah, I like that. It's kind of back to your French resistance days. You're, you're back being a collaborator. <clears throat> and, um, and so you're a collaborator on the book. 
Tell us about the process for you because you've been a writer. I mean, as long as I've known you, you write a lot of stuff on our uh, on our webpage. By the way, that's alanlisarobertson.com. If you want to check that out, see some of Gordon's work. Does great stuff on our on our blog page. But this is your first official book, right? Is uh, is working with Dad on right. this one? Yeah. So tell us what kind of how that how that was for you, and what was it like to get into dad's head because you were married to his sister, but now you kind of had to get into his head to, you know, figure out his thinking to work with him on this book. I'm going to be, I'm going to tell you, that was one of the most frightening experiences of my life <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to get inside Phil's head. To get inside the, I, C, I, I the was, C plus mind of <laughs> Phil Robertson. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, I, I lived next door to him for 13 years and, uh, and I was married to his female I tell people Jan was the female version of Phil uh, or Jan was what you would see if uh, Phil didn't have testosterone. And I guess the only difference between the two of them is uh, his her beard wasn't quite as long. She, had, she didn't have to shave as much. You, you used to tell you used to tell me that if Jan ever pulled the sheets up just to her nose, where you couldn't actually see oh, her cheeks, oh. it was like it was like having Dad there. So it was was a Gordon or Scott or Scott. That's exactly right. Yeah, that that was the scariest thing. I looked over there one day, and the sheets were right up in her nose, and I mean, whoo! <laughs> we've we've kidded a lot about it. Gordon, let's take a break. So, Dad, you're uh, 75. You spent a lot of time shooting guns uh, through the years, having guns shot around you. Uh, you've lost quite a bit of hearing. Is that is that not a fair? Hundreds fair? of thousands of rounds out of shotguns. Uh, therefore, hearing aids, <laughs> devices, are mandatory. So, if, and, if you're going to duck hunt, and you have to have a hearing hearing aid. Which, and unfortunately, we spent most of our early years not protecting our hearing, which was not smart, but we just didn't know any better. So, one of our sponsors uh, is a group called MD Hearing Aid, and they offer a really good deal. It's uh, FDA registered. It's uh, two hundred ninety nine dollars each. Uh, which is fantastic uh, for for a pair of hearing. Very affordable. They're nearly invisible. They're rechargeable. They're water resistant. They come direct to you, uh, and and they're proven. Over six hundred thousand satisfied customers, and they offer a forty five day risk free trial with one hundred percent money back. So you have nothing to lose to give these guys a try. Go to mdhearingaid.com and use the promo code unashamed to buy one. And get one for $299 each. So it's a good deal. Plus, they're adding a free extra charging case, $100 value, just for listeners of Unashamed. So go to mdhearingaid.com, use the promo code UNASHAMED, or you can call them at 833-581-1546. That's 833-581-1546. Got to have them. So, so uh, and, and look, she was like Dad in the sense that She's always been was was very vociferous about her faith, willing to share with anybody, discipled a lot of people. So oh, you, you guys, yeah. you you shared that with Jan, or she shared that with you, because I guess she was doing it before you were, Dad. Yeah, we we, we had the same thinking processes. I, I guess uh, Gordon and them came up with the idea about uh, if you can get the the law. You know, Jesus died to set us free from Satan, sin, guilt, law. 
and the grave. So he fixed it through his death, having kept the law, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we could be saved through him. Yeah. So Gordon and them pointed out, they asked me about it, about the cancellation of the law. When one is born again, God cancels the written code, all of the don't do this, don't do that, starting with the top ten commandments. He canceled the whole thing, put us under a system of grace instead of keeping the code because no one ever kept the code but Jesus himself, the one who wrote it. Right. So we're, we're un, unleashed. What's happened is in today's America, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about people who have not thought it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, which would include the cancellation of the written code, which would be a breath of fresh air and uh, a feeling of unbelievable thankfulness. Uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about them. You have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else for any issue. You pass judgment on them. For whatever point you judge the other, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment on others and there is no forgiveness for that individual. It's only take Terry's statue down and blot his name out of, of, of history forever and ever and ever. Because what happens is when you do that, you who pass judgment do the same things. We know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you'll escape God's judgment? In other words, if you won't forgive people when they sin and you hold, you broke the law, and in my mind, I'm putting you to eternal punishment forever and ever, and then the same person who says that commits his sin and the other one commits their sin, so they're just trapped in this dilemma. And we wrote a book about it. Actually, it's a book about how powerful, how powerful the gospel is and how powerful grace right. is and mercy. Yeah. It's, it's a book about you can always climb out of the hole unless you cancel everybody around you and you're doing the same things they did to whatever extent you do them. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Well, don't you think, Gordon, that cancel culture itself, ultimately, without what you guys are talking about in this book, just cancels everybody out at some point? I mean, that's where oh, yeah. we wind up, right? I mean, that's one of the points that Phil made. Um, I, you asked me about the process. Yeah. So I I went down there. I mean, kind of had a framework. I went down there and I, and I talked to him for probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 hours and recorded it. And, and then I gave up. Up on that, I just started typing away everything he said. But I, I mean, I live I live next door to him for, and I've been married to his sister. I was married to her for forty four years. So I, I I I mean, I've seen him from day one when he first became a believer, and I've seen his growth. Um, I've seen his maturity, and I knew 
that he was, I knew that he was not like a lot of Christians that, that I see on social media. They're wringing their hands. Oh, the cancel culture is going to get us. We're going to lose our Christian freedoms. So we wanted to present an argument. And this was, you know, one thing Phil wanted to do was, no, we, you know, we'll point out cancel culture flaws and examples of cancel culture, but we don't want it to be written in such a way that somebody who's engaged in that wouldn't say, wait a minute, I see Jesus. I see what Phil's saying about Christ and about redemption, about having my heart sprinkled with the blood of Christ. There's hope for me. I don't have to live in this cancel culture world. I don't have to participate in it. If people try to cancel me, if I'm a believer in Christ, it's water on a duck's back in a sense. So instead of wringing our hands, I mean, I think the call of the book is uh, to do exactly what Phil just said. We want to we want to put our faith in the one who died for us and was raised from the dead. Because without that, we're trapped in this world of cancellation. And there's really, there's no hope for anybody because, because of what Phil just read from the scriptures. Just, you know, I mean, you can cancel, but in the process of doing that, you're going to wind up being canceled yourself by the Almighty. So... That's sort of the premise of it. I, I think it's a book of great, of great hope. That's what I like about it. I mean, there's a lot of examples of the world canceling, but I've done a lot of um, dad's book projects and, and when the family book projects, and you know when our editor uh, at Nelson uh, sent me the first when you when she she had received the manuscript. Um, I mean, look, I, I deal with editors all the time. I've been different companies we've published with all this. And she said, when I read this book, it made me cry. You know, it's mm -hmm. so good. And, and and she was just glowing about it. And, and I agree. I think it's an outstanding book. But I can say out of all the times we've ever done books, I've never got an email like that from an editor because editors are pretty hardcore, you know, about their, their job is to critique and correct you know, whether it's content or, you know, just, you know, all the other stuff. So the fact that this, uh, that our editor was so moved by it, that she would tell us that I thought, man, we got something good here. You it's know, a for, powerful for thing. Folks. Yeah. What, what people need to understand and the book demonstrates is there's nothing wrong with the law. It's, uh, the apostle Paul said the law is, uh, where you at? Uh, I'm in Romans chapter 7. Uh, the, the law is good. So then, the law is good. It, it's holy. It, uh, the commandment is holy. The commandment is righteous. The commandment is good. So you have a system. The only problem with it is that no one has ever kept it. <laughs> now, the Apostle Paul is making the point he said, once I was alive apart from law because he's an infant and not knowing what lying, stealing, he's just getting milk from his mother's breast and he's three weeks old. Yeah. He's three years old. Yeah. He's a child. Right. So you say at that stage, you're, you, you, the law has no effect on you because you don't know what it says. Mm. And you wouldn't know the consequences of breaking. You it. wouldn't know you the know consequences of breaking. In other words, you don't know about immorality, right. drunkenness, and drugs, and all right. that, cursing, and all the sins. You say you wouldn't even know it. Too young, but you reach an age, 
and God has placed a conscience inside your head and your conscience lets you know, uh, why did you do that? Why did, why did you steal that person's belongings right. without him knowing your own grandmother, you, you stole $40 out of her purse. What? And you know that's wrong because you're looking around to see if anybody's watching you. Yeah. So that's what law produces. How did he frame it? The commandment sprang to life. Sprang to life. All of a sudden, you have a realization, right? Yeah. In other words, uh, I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life, nothing wrong with obeying your father and mother, Mm -hmm. don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't lie, don't steal. There's nothing wrong with those commands. Right. The problem is there's a lot wrong with us. Yeah. So God in his mercy sent Jesus who kept it perfectly and looked at us and said, what do you think? I'm the, I'm the perfect sacrifice. And now to get you out from the law that I wrote and that I kept, I'm going to purchase you with my blood. So I'm going up to Jerusalem and I'm going to allow them to kill me. I'm going to die. And they'll be bury me in three days. I'll rise from the dead. You say that solves your law problem. Yeah. I'm I'm canceling it for you. Right. So people who don't know that cancel each other because they don't know what forgiveness is and right. mercy and grace. Right. And Jesus is full of it, and he's the only place you can find it. Yeah. So human race turns on each other. You now end up with what you're seeing in America. You say, what, this bunch going around with spray paint and F-U is, is their signature. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I don't even know who you are. What are you talking about? <laughs> F me? Yeah. What, what is your problem? I, uh, let's take a break. So we're excited about our lunch today. We're going to eat a Greek salad, but we're also going to eat some good old Good Ranchers beef. Mm-hmm. 100% American grown and right here from the good old US of A. So much beef is being imported about 80% uh, uh, coming from other countries. You say, well, that's not such a big deal, but it is because 100,000 ranches and farms have gone out of business because, you know, we're getting too much foreign meat. So we want to support these guys. It's America First, it's your dinner table, which we love, and so we enjoy the the meat as well. Right now you can go to goodranchers.com slash fill, and you'll get what they call bistro filet medallions, 10 free bistro filet medallions with your order. Or you can subscribe. You'll also receive $25 off on your next box of American meat, which is really fantastic. Get 10 free bistro medallions. That's $100 value and free express shipping when you go to goodranchers.com slash fill. Or you can use the code fill at checkout. That's 10 free bistro medallions, free express shipping, $25 off your subscription for life at goodranchers.com slash phil. It's a lawbreaker gone rogue. I tell the story, Dad. I went up to Boston, and the guy who had invited me to come speak, and we were doing a podcast in this place, and so he put it on Facebook that I was coming. You know, he was trying to let people know if you're in that area, you want to come meet some people from Duck Dynasty, you know, Alan Lisa be here. And some person got saw it on his Facebook and said, what the F? Was how what was her lead in? Yeah. Why would we have a woman hating homophobic racist in our town? And and what I thought was I thought well she doesn't know me <laughs> like this woman doesn't obviously she's she's missed it on all three points but I thought 
she felt compelled. She did not know me. And so she either heard something about our family or you or whatever. She sure didn't know me. And, and yet she was compelled to put those labels on me and then threatened to protest the, you know, us being there and all that. But I just thought that's the world we live in now. You know, you cannot well, know somebody. Uh, well, I don't, she was trying to cancel me from coming to Boston to talk about, you know, mine and Lisa's marriage and our life. And she doesn't know who I am. Well, at, when we first, uh, I don't know if you remember, we, we had a conference call where we were talking about the book. I don't remember who said it, but we were talking about the left and the right and the radical nature of both points of view. And somebody in the conversation said, well, we need something that's in the middle. And I thought, because I talked to Phil, no, we don't, <laughs> we don't need something in the middle of left and right because their solution to everything that's wrong with America is to elect the right person. Yeah. What we need is something up above. It's, it's, we're, looking, we're looking beyond this world. It's neither left nor right. It's not a political problem that we have. It's a spiritual problem. Yeah. So the, the solution can't be political. It's got to be spiritual. And one of the things about the book that we discuss quite a bit is whenever you preach the gospel of Jesus, what do you think is going to happen? Because you're basically telling people, as Phil says, you're telling people in the process of preaching the gospel, you're a wicked and depraved individual who has no hope. You have no chance of approaching God in your current state. Your only hope is to die to yourself and to run as hard as you can in the direction of the Almighty, who is a God of grace and mercy. So when you start telling people they're that bad, you're going to run up against opposition. So take it for your share and go on. I mean, they're, you know, Jesus himself, they persecuted me. What do you think they're going to do to you? Paul said, all who live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's going to, it just comes with the territory of being a believer. Yeah. So, and it also, Gordon, we all lead with the fact that the gospel is going to challenge you is all the things you just mentioned. And that's what we were. Yeah. All three of us. That's you right. Know, we're not saying you know, your dirt's dirty and mine's not. We're saying we were there. The That's one who wrote these texts about the law in like Romans 7 yeah. and to the Romans, you know, yeah. the, the, in Romans chapter 2, he said, let me just explain to him to you. I'm the worst of the worst. I'm the chief of sinners. I am the A killer of men, women, That's and a, children because yep. they believe in Jesus. So I, I, he said, but God, he, I wrote most of the New Testament. Yeah. At God's hand. Yeah. That's how forgiving God is. And that's how unforgiving this cancel culture we have in front of us. That's how unforgiving. You know, it's, that's the problem. They, 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 they will not cut you any slack. And we also used to, all of us, all three of us were one at one time doing the same thing. Right. We were canceling other people. And I'll say this in this book, there's not, I don't think there's any self-righteousness coming from Phil's mouth at all. Right. I, I can't think of a single instance of that. It's so, he's just so transparent about his past and he gives all the glory to God for where he is right now. So it made me think of dad, when you just said that, and I was talking about forgiveness and unforgiveness was the movie unforgiven. You remember Eastwood kind of his, his, yeah. his, uh, final Western, so to speak. He's done movies yep. since, but that was kind of his big crescendo movie. And, you know, the heart of the movie was, is that he had been a terrible person 
you know, he was an outlaw and he killed people. A killer. A killer. So he, he tries to reform himself and he goes off and he has him a little family, but then his wife dies. And so when somebody comes, there's a righteous cause comes back. He tries to go back to, to he's, he's trying to make things right on his own. But then when he gets in that bar and it turns into a big shootout, he, he reverts back to who he is. Because remember, he starts yelling out, I'm William Money, the killer of women and uh, children. Oh, oh, yeah. you know, he's letting them know, I'm the baddest man. And if I'll kill you down, I'll hunt your kids. Yep. And, he, and he reverts back to get out of that bar. And then he winds up back at the little ho- homestead. But to me, I don't know what Eastwood was trying to say about through his movie. But what it spoke to me was, is that's the human condition. That's right. Yep. When it comes to us... In our own ways, we can try to reform. We can try to do it better. We can live good for a while. But unless we commit to something bigger than we are, we're going to revert back at some point to just the base of who we are. You when, know, the, when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Yeah. Not because of any righteous thing we had done. Not hardly. Yeah. But by his mercy. Right. He saved us through the washing of rebirth. He removed the code. Yeah. He canceled the code and said, now you're under grace. And guess what? When you make a mistake, all your past sins are not counted against you. Any sin you commit in the future, if you just trust me and try, trust me, it's covered. Right. I've got you back. I've got you covered. Get up. Let's go. Let's go. You, 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 you forgive them. When we implement that to our fellow man, it sure makes life a lot more peaceful <laughs> For sure. than to hold something against somebody like the two old fighting groups uh, up in Tennessee, Kentucky, had the feud. The Hatfields and the McCoys. The Hatfields and the McCoys. There was no forgetting. That's what happens. America is a little microcosm. Yes, I mean that 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 Tennessee bunch or yep. Kentucky, whatever. Kentucky, yeah. America is a, a, a blown up version That's right. of that very thing. Yeah. Just can't let it go. Generation after generation, can't let it go. We're watching after the Jerry Springer show now unfold. That's right <laughs> across the whole country. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. a, it's a reality show of 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 epic division proportion. There's no. So doubt. to Gordon's point a while ago. Someone says, so what you're thinking about this on the way that the thing has gone to hell? I'm just saddened by the whole thing. And being saddened about the whole thing, we bring you good news. There is forgiveness. You can start over. You can be in a situation where the code no longer affects your life. Just love God and love your neighbor. It's not burdensome. The, The load's not too heavy. Come on. Just believe and repent and let's go. Right. Be a lot better place. You're right. Let's take another break. So I've learned a lot since Elise and I have invested in a, in a house in Gulf Shores about the importance of credit score. I hadn't really looked into it too much until I had the need myself uh, because we bought this place as an investment. And I found out that you save a lot of money if your credit score is higher because you get a better interest rate, which is super important, especially in these days and times, we're unsure about inflation is interest rate. You know, is it going to go up? Is it going to go down? So an okay credit score can cost you a hundred grand over the life of a 30 year home loan. So you want better than just okay. And that's why we have a sponsor called ScoreMaster. 
and they're and you need to check these guys out before you make any loan and they're going to get that credit score up the average user adds 61 points in 20 days or less just going to save you a lot of money in the long run especially in a long-term loan so it only takes minutes to enroll you get to see your points you get more points and you qualify for the lowest loan rates visit scoremaster.com slash fill that's scoremaster.com slash fill get started today it saved lisa and i some money it can save you some too And, and that it removes that fear because most people in the, whether it's in entertainment or news now or politics, they live in fear of being canceled, like that they're going to say the wrong thing or oh, say you, it the wrong thing. You see it every day, nearly. Yeah. And, and so, so, like, that's a fearful place to be. To, it's basically in redneck language. They thrive on, we got him. That's right. We got him. That's right. He finally said it. He finally crossed we the line. We got him. We got him. And they all cheer. Yay, we got him. That's right. We brought him down. He has no sponsors anymore. That's right. We, we're going to steal his livelihood. That's right. He crossed us. We're going to show him. What but we- if, but if, to Gordon's point earlier, if all you had was your your whatever microphone you had, you know, your, your bullhorn of the moment, whether it's a news show or you're an actor, or you're well-known, whatever. If that was all you had, then it really would be a great fear because that was the one thing you possess that you don't want to lose. But if, if, you're do, if this, what you're doing with this book presents is that God builds platforms, God uses you in any and every circumstance situation, you really do take the fear away of, of what most people in our culture live in fear of because you don't care. I mean, and right? the other, uh, the other, yeah, you're right about that. And it's um, the other, the other point I'd like to make about that is if you're, if you're a, a, a follower of Christ, you read the scriptures, and um, you come across verses like confess your sins to one another. And I think when we are open about our past and our present, it's kind of hard when somebody's done what you guys have done, where you've publicly in your books and in your speeches, you've admitted your sin and your moral failures. It's kind of hard for somebody to come back on you and say, oh, I just found out, you know, Phil had a daughter out of wedlock 44 years ago. Hi, we got him now. Uh, Only problem with that is you guys were on top of that before it ever broke. And you were the ones that told the story. So there's nothing, there's nothing hidden. There's nothing really anybody could use against you. If you're just following Christ your world is not this home. I mean, your home is not this world. You're not here for long. You're a citizen of another kingdom, and you confess your sins openly, and you're just transparent. Then there's nothing really to lose. Yeah. There's nothing really hidden. There's no secret. And so I think there's great power in just saying, you know what? When you follow Christ, this is going to happen, and I'm just going to. I'm just going to be obedient to him. Everybody dies. Nobody lasts forever. I'm 70, almost, feel 75. And we've often talked about it for probably 20 years. We don't have long to go. And, uh, and that's okay, you know? So what are they going to take for me in the, in the interim? What are they going to take from me between now and the time of my death that really matters? Are they going to really wound me? I mean, I've got something far greater than anything here waiting on me. And that's the appeal, you know, that we want to serve God. We can begin to live our eternal life here and now because we've forsaken all of the stuff in the world that disappoints. And I I am more disappointed 
in the world and in life right now. There's so many, you know, disappointments just with the political situation going on. I'm actually looking forward to the day of his return. So whatever happens between now and the time of my death is very temporary, right? That's right. That's it. So, so Gordo, so this, the book, obviously, this is a cultural book. And so it's dealing with cultural issues, big picture, which is what we've talked about today. But you could even fine-tune it some and go inside Christendom and still see the same struggle, right? The idea oh, about so. for, for you know legalism and law and not talking about grace and forgiveness and yet doing it under the banner oh. of Christianity. Speak to that a little bit because I, I think the book speaks, you know, we're sort of doing the bigger view of it. But you, you know, the same thing happens inside the kingdom far too often, this idea about canceling no. other people. Oh, absolutely. And, and when, we, when, we, when we put the book together, some of the things that I've seen in the church since then, we could have easily put in there. But I'm not a big Twitter person, but I do get notifications every day. Because I checked off, I guess when you sign up for Twitter, you check categories, right? So yeah. one of them was... Christianity and faith or something like that. But it's not about Christianity and faith. It's about one group of people talking about another group of people all within the church. Twitter is chock full of, of uh, and the, the, the thing I've heard lately is toxic leadership. And I know, I mean, look, I've had my, and you know yep. about them, I've had my church experiences that were brutal, toxic. Yep. And one experience I had almost back in the 80s almost destroyed my faith until uh, your aunt, Jan, well, I, I wouldn't even go to church. We were just doing little house church with some people. And then we quit doing that. And just our family would go out on the Gulf coast in Florida or the Swanee river. And we'd sit on the bank or the, sh- you know, right on the marshy shore. And we'd read the scriptures, have communion together. And man, I'm just filled with bitterness and rage about what had happened to me. And so Jan was like, she was the spiritual leader at that point. I'd given up and she read the Lord's prayer and it says, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So I thought, wow, I'm going to be forgiven in the way that I forgive other people, which is at the core of this book, by the way. So I thought, man, and so I, I just thought about the guy that had wounded me I started reading the scriptures again, just seeing the Bible for what it is. And I had to start praying for this guy. And I prayed, God, we've reconciled. 28 years later, we reconciled. We're, we're good now. And I, I could mention his name. He'd probably be all right with it, but I won't. I prayed for his well-being. I prayed for his health. I prayed for his children to honor him, that they would grow up to be believers. I prayed for his business, that he would you know, accumulate enough wealth to feed his family and live comfortably. I just, I prayed for God to give me a spirit of forgiveness about him. And so I get the idea of toxic leadership. I get how you can be wounded by people in the church. But when you take this garbage as like it's going on on Twitter and Facebook, you take this garbage and put it out there for everybody to see. I think it's, I think it's a mar on the kingdom of God. I think it's a, I think it's a slur against the church, the big church, the yep. you know, universal church, the church of God. Right. I just think that, um, I mean, if you call people out individually or you call them out as a group, you keep it within the body, but you don't take the stuff out here for the world to see on social media. And it's going on. I mean, there's a lot of cancellation going on yeah. big time. 
Yeah, yeah. We, we talk about that in the book. I won't give the examples now, but yeah, it, it's pretty common. I mean, I've been the recipient of it. I've been the person who dished a little bit of it out. And, uh, but I'm looking at it now and I'm going, that's not a smart thing to do. Well, it's interesting. At all. It's interesting, Gordon, because what you described from your own life over 30 years ago was that you, you in bitterness, you could have attempted to cancel him, his reputation, anybody that knew him. And but that's what I did. Yeah, right. And that's what you were led to do. But instead, because yeah. of what God had done for you and because you had a wife that loved you and showed you a better way, you canceled his sin against you. By asking the Almighty. Yeah. And that's what we're talking. In essence, that's a great way to lump yeah. just and what, what we right. should be doing. So several years after, like this is 28 years after the fact. And I, he posted on a, a group, Facebook group that we were a part of. If anybody knows where Gordon is, I'd like to apologize. You know, and I said, and I answered him. I said, brother, if, if I ever had anything to forgive you of, it happened a long time ago when I realized this is important. When I realized that I was just as guilty as you are. And that's that's at the core of the gospel. You, you have to understand how guilty you are before God and that the only thing that puts allows you to go into the throne, the whole, most holy place, is having your heart sprinkled with the blood of Christ to cleanse your guilty conscience from acts that lead to death. That's the only reason that I'm able to go to God now. It has nothing to do with my goodness. It only has to do with what he did. And so who am I to turn around now and attack people in the cancel culture and try to cancel them back? That's an unwinnable war. It's not sustainable. It's, yeah. not going to, it's not going to fulfill me. It's not going to make me happy. It's not going to make me right with God. Nothing good is going to come out of me doing to them what they've done to me, That's right. which is what you see on social media from a lot of Christians. Yeah. And it's, by the way, it's why I don't like to laugh about Joe Biden's obvious cognitive decline. For one thing, having had a wife who experienced Alzheimer's, yep. dementia is not funny. Right. And another thing, you know what? Joe Biden bears the image of God. Yeah. He's an image bearer. So I don't mind attacking his policies or the stuff that he's trying to do to America, and I'll call that out. But we just don't, we can't as Christians go out here and start treating other people the same way they're treating us. That's not the answer. That's a great it. point. And as to Dad's point earlier, since you brought up Biden, every time I see Biden stumble into one of these things or forget, it makes me sad. I mean, I, I'm oh. like you. I, I I don't glee in that. It makes me sad. And, and the only people I get angry with is his family for ever putting him in this position. But that's, that's, know, that's why the Apostle Paul, point. when he was summing up the weight of loving God and loving your neighbor, two greatest commands in the Bible, love keeps no record of no wrongs. Wrong. She say, you, right. know, you know, if you love them, you won't cancel them. You'll just say, that's a great point. Well, I agree to disagree, but uh, just think about it yeah. and move on. Yeah. If you right. want to have a good, whether it be a cursing or whatever they dish out, you know, if you want to have a good little devotional challenge today, go and read first Corinthians 13. That's right. And then, Ooh. and then inwardly apply it to who you are. I, I wanted, we just have a, a couple of minutes left, but I wanted to read the verse that you, you alluded to it earlier, dad, but I want to read it because to me, this is, you know, kind of the, I would say this was the core of the book, I mean, the passage. And this is kind of what we were all talking about when we were first talking about writing the book. And it's from Colossians 
when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. And he'd already talked about how that happened, that spiritual circumcision, you were baptized in him. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, the effects of law, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing triumphing over them by the cross. Yep. I mean, to me, that's the heart and essence from my perspective of the book yep. is because when you can realize that in your own life, what that meant at the cross for you, that you won't be a cancel person you'll, and you won't be cancelable either yep. because what does anybody come do to you? You'll be a cancel person. All right. You're going to be out here telling people about there you go. the cancellation of your debt that you have before God almighty. You're going to be proclaiming the gospel to them and saying there's freedom. You don't have to live this life that you're living. That's it. God and will by, cancel the debt that you owe. By the way, the the woman I mentioned earlier uh, that I don't know, but I've already forgiven her, even though I didn't read the post, it was read to me. And I wish I'd had the opportunity. I wish she would have come to there because I would have loved to have told her how much I love women, including the one I'm married to. Every influential person in my life, most of them were women. Aunt Jan, mom, Lisa, I mean, I love women and I love homosexuals. I want them to know Jesus and, and know what he says is best for all of our lives. And I love people of all races. I mean, that, I don't have a racist bone in my body. Zach pointed out something the other day. Jesus started the cancel culture when he canceled our sins. That's the cancel culture we want to be a part of. That's, that's, that's good. a great point. That's a great point. I'm fired up. That's really good. Well, Gordo, it's. Yeah, and uh, I just want to say uh, I'm so thrilled because we first started into the book. We had, we'd already done two because we did Theft of America's Soul, and then we did Jesus Politics. And so this is the third book in sort of this series of books. And I feel like in each one, a lot of our listeners have read them all. They're j we're just kind of driving more home into the real core kingdom principle. We started out with just kind of look at America because our first book was right after Trump got elected. And things were so lawless and crazy. People seemed to lose their mind. We and we've just we've shown who the evil one is. We've shown who Jesus is, and now we're saying this is who we need to be. This is what kingdom living That's right. looks like. And uh, I think we got one more to go. Uh, so hopefully we'll have it out in a couple of years. So to order the book, you click the link in the show notes, or you can search for Uncanceled on Amazon.com. And once you do get it and read it, we want you to be sure and review it and, and talk about it. And look, we're always open to honest reviews. You know, if you don't like it, you can tell that too. But I think you will because it was very well done. So Gordo, it's always good to have you on the podcast. Keep those left-wingers up there in purple North Carolina in, in, in order and I'm in just, line. I'm just loving on them. There you go. That's the best way to do trying, it. So, I'm trying to love on them. So we'll good have, seeing you guys. Yeah, you too. We'll have Jace back next time. I'm sure we'll have a lot of stories and Jace's news items. So we'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.